Hi there. You're listening to the Parent App Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. While there are no perfect families, every relationship can turn the corner. Hello and welcome to the Parent App Podcast. My name is Alicia Bu and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent App Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life parenting, marriage, work life and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Now, this big word here, sex. A lot is said about it, showed about it and even fantasized about it before marriage. But sometimes people say that the chatter dies down after the couple gets married. But as we know, sex is an integral part of our marriage and like all things worth working on, healthy and open communication creates that improvement. And so today, we're so happy that we're going to talk about a really interesting topic, sexual intimacy. And with us today, we have Joanna and Gary, who perhaps need a little introduction. Joanna is CEO of Focus on the Family Singapore and her husband, Gary, is a veteran family life trainer and counsellor. Hi, Joanna and Gary. Thank Hi. you for joining us. Could Thanks you just having. maybe share a bit about yourselves? Maybe a brief introduction to our listeners who might be new to the two of you. We've been married for 21 years, 21 and a half years. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary this year. I know it doesn't match up by numbers, but it's because, you know, we did obviously one year late. And just now you're talking about how, you know, people talk about sex all the time and then after that it kind of goes downhill. Probably for us, it's the other way around. I think we talk about sex more today than... Mm. Okay, it sounds really wrong, but... <laughs> 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 anyway, I hope we, I just don't embarrass uh, focus on the family, like now revealing my sex life. <laughs> Gary, over to you. Um, hi, I'm Gary. Like uh, what mentioned... I think we've been doing marriage training, marriage prep, even the mm. whole topic of sexual intimacy for almost 20 years. I think when we first started, we thought we knew everything and then we, when we got married, we realised, man, there's so many things that we don't quite know or it's a journey to discover on this whole topic of sexual intimacy. And the last time we talked about sex was actually yesterday. Why? Because I had a medical checkup in the morning. Um, and because of my age, the doctor was talking about like the male's prostate and things like that. And the doctor asked me, for your health, it's important, you know, to have uh, sexual intimacy with your wife. Are you still having sexual intimacy with your wife regularly? Then he, he mentioned, I said, what's regularly? So in my mouth, regularly. He said, at least uh, two times, two or three times a week uh, is healthy for you. <laughs> then I... Oh, okay, I think I shall tell that to my wife. <laughs> Obviously, when I, so I came home, my wife, my wife asked how was the, the checkup. And I said, oh, this is what the doctor said. You didn't I, tell me this was the doctor. He just told me the, the, the doctor's recommendation. recommendation. No, he said, oh, I'm supposed to do this. The health. Yeah. But it's okay if you know you don't no, want so to I do said, Are you sure this is from the doctor or is this what you uh, interpreted uh, of what the doctor said? said either no, way, as much it works. Yeah, either way, right? So... Um, well, so it was just yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's a topic, obviously something that we've talked a lot, even in training, we've talked a lot more about it because we mm. discovered that many people don't really want to talk about this, not mm. comfortable talking about it. Or, or rather when it's talked about, it's talked about outside the context of relationship. Mm. And it's actually, if you're talking about sexual intimacy and not just sex itself, 
you mm. really need to have the conversations within relationship rather than outside of the relationship. And uh, because we do quite a lot of uh, marriage work with couples, uh, it's something that we feel, particularly maybe because we are Asian culture, it's something that um, couples really, really need to intentionally start conversing about and uh, to get over our discomfort about it as well because the rest of the world out there is talking about it. And yet, you know, if, as husband and wife, we are not. Uh, that's really, really quite sad. And it also means that there are many couples who, you know, if they struggle in the area of sexual intimacy, they will find that there's no outlet, there's no recourse also because they can't even talk about it as a couple. And what more if you go see a professional, right? <laughs> then it becomes like a real, real problem. Mm. So agree with that. And thanks, Gary, for that little peep into your couple's uh, conversations about sex and how it went even just yesterday. So if all our wives are listening in, that's what the doctor said, okay? Good for your husband's <laughs> health and well-being. <laughs> It's it a is a research fact, right? Yes, it is. Societal views on sex seem to have changed a lot over the last few decades. I wonder if the both of you would agree. From largely being seen as a means to procreation, and then now indeed, like what Joanna just shared with us, right? Very varied views about exactly maybe what constitutes a healthy married sex life. Yeah, so today we hope to get more insights from Joanna and Gary and uh, their views on sexual intimacy. So as we talk about this topic today, maybe I think that we could be hitting the middle ground between two extremes. Sex is not just for procreation purposes and more than just an act, definitely, of pleasure even. And the idea that sexual intimacy is what we can present when we have sex with someone we trust in the confines of a monogamous, committed relationship, marriage, and are committed to, to our spouses. What are your views on, on sexual intimacy? Could you maybe share with us your take on it? I think first and foremost, uh, research does tell us that uh, when we're talking about sex, as in the act of sex, the best sex really is that within a committed monogamous marriage. And this is what research tells us, not just experiential. Simply because uh, we know that within that relationship, uh, sex does have a lot of benefits, right? It reduces friction. Not that it should be used to make up after a couple has argued, but it does reduce friction because of, you know, chemically, the good endorphins that are released, the pleasure, mm, you know. The happy hormones, hormones are released. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I think for the men, definitely it, it helps. I'm actually nowadays to women as well right? it helps with healthy self-image um, definitely increases uh, intimacy within the couple not just uh, physically or sexually but emotionally in terms of um, uh, even shared goals um, I mean the intimacy uh, for us we define it as if you break up the word you know it's into me you see and I think mm. as couple sex is the closest most powerful bonding element or activity that you can actually do. And of course, as you said, you know, um, there is also the power of sex and what it can create and that essentially is new life, right? Which is a real miracle in itself. And so when you look at the benefits of sex, it really, you know, goes to show that maybe we've kind of neglected it and then allowed it to be boycotted or hijacked by a larger society that paints sex, you know, the typical scene, right? Male and female are aroused and then it's devoid of whatever relationship or even whatever issues they may be facing in the course of the day before they end up in bed. 
and it just happens in the moment of a second and it always climaxes with fireworks and you know escalated I mean that's the the part where the music is at its peak and I think short of that is like oh okay that wasn't good sex right mm, and all that's done in five minutes <laughs> and then you don't talk about what happens after that <laughs> or whether there were other emotions other than the pleasure because in reality I think this is something that we also learned as a couple love making is a skill that you develop over the years and in a committed marriage that's when you have the safety you know to develop and really hone your love making skill and uh, until you've honed it right um Love can actually be quite clumsy sometimes, lovemaking, right? It can be, it may be for some painful even or messy, <laughs> yeah, depending on like what your standards are, what your expectations are. And um, actually, we do need to talk about all these things, right? Our expectations, our uh, concept of what lovemaking is supposed to be like. In your journey, I'm just wondering, because we have in our midst, you know, probably everyday parents who might be the younger parents. So I'm just wondering if I could ask a question on their behalf. Joanna, you actually have started on talking about it. Like, how was your journey like? And initially, how was lovemaking like for you, the both of you when you were married? Maybe, maybe some bring us through some key milestones. How was uh, lovemaking like the experience of it? Or yeah, your interaction or experience of it like as a young married couple? And then when you became parents and, and maybe now? I still remember on our wedding night because the whole like typical wedding you have all the tea ceremony the, the venue the dinner we were just so tired at the end of the first day so our first night actually we just spent counting money all the unclouds <laughs> and the donations and by the time that was over we went down at the, at the hotel we went down we had some nice supper together and then we went back to the room we were just so tired we just fell asleep you know and that was our our time of intimacy uh, together. Why? Because physically, I mean, you, you would ideally like to be full of energy and sparring something we look forward, but sometimes when you're just so tired, the reality is uh, sexual intimacy, although we desire it, wasn't the priority like at that night. Okay, it's very important. After that, obviously, uh, lovemaking was introduced and part of our lifestyle. But the, I still remember, so it was something we still laugh about when we tell people about this whole issue. We didn't know what we were doing wrong or right. We just expected everything just to be perfect. But it wasn't. Mm. And sometimes we were like a little frustrated or discouraged. This was like this for me. We watch all our movies, the crescendos, the fireworks, the music. Sometimes it just didn't seem that way or it wasn't up to our expectation. And rather than get discouraged, I think we had made that commitment. We are on this journey, this lifelong journey together. And sex is something that you can discover you get better along the way as you discover and communicate and just, you know, share this journey rather than I must be perfect. My honeymoon must be perfect. Yeah, otherwise, something's wrong with our marriage. Something's wrong with our relationship. There's absolutely nothing wrong. And if you can discover it, realize that as a couple that, hey, we have this goal. We want to be great at this. Not just as a couple in communication, but in sexual intimacy, we want it to be excellent. We want it to be good. And we have this life to, to journey and experience it together. I think starting off for me, to be honest, um, when my upbringing, I was actually taught that sex is something that is painful, dirty, messy at best. Um, and it wasn't exactly an act or a behavior that I was 
looking forward to like with you know uh, total <laughs> uh, uh, worry free and and just excited. Uh, it was really a mixture of emotions, and uh, that's where. Uh, one of the uh, things that I read, which is actually from Dr. James Dawson's book, he said this is for two young couples. He was addressing young couples, and he said that you have a lifetime to enjoy one another. You know, so don't demand too much too soon, and lifting that burden <laughs> uh, of us, I think, was the first step towards us being able to enjoy sex for what it's supposed to be, and not just like because it's supposed to come with marriage or because, you know, once you get married, you're supposed to be so good at it. In fact, it's kind of contrary to the picture that I was painted, you know, where oftentimes, right, you think that as people get older, our bodies age, then it starts going downhill. I mean, there's this joke that when you first uh, start off in your life, right, you have sex thrice weekly, three times a week. But as you progress, what does it become? You try weekly, you know, just weekly. Once, try, like, one time once a week, week you just try. <laughs> yeah, and then when your body is aged, you know, now you try weekly because it's so weak. You know? <laughs> if you think of uh, your whole sexual intimacy journey as a, a lifetime one, then in fact, it mm. just gets better with age. Uh, rather than worse. And uh, for us, in our initial first five years, we were actually trying to have a child. And that actually also placed a burden uh, with regards mm. to sexual intimacy because then it became a very functional thing, mm. right? You know, you have to time <laughs> your fertility cycle and then, okay, today's the day because, you know, if you don't do it today, we might miss this window and then... You have there to wait again, one more month. You know, <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And so, you know, it became a very mechanical thing and uh, definitely almost not... stressful sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we actually scheduled it in order to make sure that we caught the fertility you know, window. We're not successful, obviously, because we tried so for five years. And it was only when we gave up, then ta-da, we found out that, oh, look, okay, I'm pregnant. Yeah. By which time Gary's first re- response was, <laughs> Is it my child? <laughs> because we tried for we tried for so long, right? So you know, sometimes you just discourage and you just give up, and then that that miracle happens. You don't quite believe it, and obviously, he's my child. So <laughs> yeah, but it was that Wonderful whole journey, and and what we say is our son is the result of our love rather than our planning. Mm. Yeah, because mm. it came about after we decided. Okay, maybe, maybe like uh, realize that really maybe we one of those couples that just kind of children. Mm. But having mm. said that, although scheduling at that point of time was really stressful, and that's because at the forefront of mind was really the procreative <laughs> um, uh, aspect of sex. You know, not about the bonding, it's not about the pleasure, it's just about we need to make a baby. Yeah. But thereafter, when we realized that actually it does make sense and we need to be intentional about sexual intimacy too schedule it <laughs> we found that actually quite fun and mm. it had totally different effect on us yeah in fact you know we were uh, trying to be cheeky about how we put that into my calendar without it obviously being so blatant that oh this so is what's not the time for sex yeah. <laughs> so, so every couple you. every couple will have a <laughs> word that every couple will have a code word <laughs> 
But just to make it, I think that was probably after we crossed our 10th year, maybe. Mm. I think because the initial uh, few years when baby arrives, right, then we are so caught up and just struggling to find time as a couple on our own minus baby. I mean, much more thinking about uh, regular sexual intimacy. And it was probably only after we crossed our 10th year, then we realized that actually a lot of this needs intentionality. Mm. You know, you need mm. to schedule it. We even need to kind of plan room for fun and spontaneity. I remember one of the things that we picked up was a resource called the Romantic Secrets for Husbands versus Wives, you know, and it gives different tips to uh, the wife to do versus the husband to plan this like special date. And to the husbands, they would give an a date idea that is devoid of <laughs> physical intimacy. But to the woman, to the wife, it would be a, a date idea that, you know, eventually, I think likely <laughs> would likely lead to sexual intimacy. But it's just done so tastefully and it's fun, you know, as you kind of create the atmosphere, you um, try to surprise the other person, you are kind of guided to do something that is different out of ordinary versus normal sex like oh, okay time for bed before bed don't no, let's have sex kind of thing but this kind of builds in the programming <laughs> uh, that leads up to the act of sex itself and so it's real love making not just a sex act i think one of the challenges we are at least i i, I know for myself and also working with guys the romance factor decreases after marriage we don't become as romantic as before. Maybe when we're wooing the wife, we're a little more romantic. And But after that, somehow, you know, we take things for granted. Then romance goes down. Sexual intercourse actually doesn't happen as frequently the moment you have children. Why? Because physically you're tired. And I remember when the first question I asked the gynae when Joanna's pregnant, I think third trimester already, I just asked, when can we have sex again? Uh, and you know that was on my mind it's like man it's been a long time since we have a sexual mm. intimacy and so the gynae said uh, you wait <laughs> wait for a while uh, even after your wife gives birth you know that really is the last thing on her mind one thing that sexual intercourse sexual intimacy I think what we mentioned earlier because love making intimacy there's a connectedness there and for often the guy he feels sexual intimacy is the way that he connects more so with his spouse and when that is reduced or when the guy doesn't have it as much, somehow he feels like not as wanted. Lah. I think it's just a wiring thing. And so obviously I had to wait a lot longer. And so frustration came in. My wife doesn't care so much about me. Uh, and she's probably thinking, why are you only thinking about yourself? And the whole cycle went about until we both decided we need to be very intentional in mm. this because I'm a spontaneous person. Obviously, obviously like all my dramas, like, oh, it's so spontaneous. They have love, intimacy. We should be like that. But the reality, once you're busy with life, you have work to do, it's not so spontaneous. Mm. And you need to schedule that. Um, like Joanna said, put it in the time and plan. Maybe this Saturday or this Sunday or whichever day you all both plan. Mm. Uh, it has to be in the schedule. We are not experts. Okay. Uh, so when you go into a relationship, don't think you're supposed to be an expert. Yeah, I would say, you know, just figuring out, like, even for us attending a marriage prep, they didn't quite educate us in how do you actually have sexual intimacy, enjoy it. It wasn't quite taught in the course that we were attending. And so one thing we decided to do when we were doing this marriage training, uh, we need to educate people, couples. How can they really enjoy uh, sexual intimacy rather than you just will or you just will. How? Don't know. So, you know, when you don't know, you start going to search for things online that, 
may not be the most healthy thing, mm. desirable thing that the partner really wants. I mean, we've encountered couples who use pornography supposedly to spice up their sex life. It backfires, you know, because pornography is not even reality. And what is portrayed as enjoyable in a pornography, a pornography clip is likely not so in reality. So I think at the end of the day, there is room to be taught uh, what we call sex techniques. That's your traditional like all positions for sex or how you know you should touch your spouse's body to pleasure him or to pleasure her. But really at the core of sexual intimacy is communication. We usually say this to couples that when it comes to sex in marriage, it should actually be the highlight of, of your marriage, right? It should always be treated as lovemaking. You know, and if you treat it as lovemaking, everything is lovemaking. You think about it in marriage, right? Yeah, the way you help out your spouse with the household chores or, or help watch the kids for a while, that's lovemaking. You know, uh, help fetch a glass of water or a drink, you know, uh, when you know your spouse has just come back after a hard day at work and, you know, just need some time to to stone in front of the, the telly or whatever it is. Uh, that's lovemaking. There's always that cliche that just if, to husbands, right, particularly, if you want sex on Saturday, then you need to start on Monday. Uh, and in many ways, it's true if you think of uh, sexual intimacy as lovemaking, right? Because then it will be your goal to keep feeding into the relationship, into the marriage, um, such that when it is time uh, for the actual act of sex, you are more than ready. And the, the wife particularly uh, needs to be prior. And I, I say this because, I mean, the woman's body is just physically structured differently from the men's and what arouses us would be quite different from what arouses the men. For the guy, I think they get sexually aroused very quickly and more often than not, the guy is visually stimulated by a lot of things. So just testosterone, all those, uh, activates a lot quickly. So for the guy who can be sick, has high fever, but then still has energy for sexual intimacy. Uh, just like that, you know, a, a very quick response. Mm -hmm. But for the wife, it's it doesn't happen that way. It takes a long time. It's like a crock pot, you know, just atmosphere, emotions, everything else needs to be uh, at peace before she's more than willing to have sexual intimacy. Thank you so much for that very insightful sharing. So much good stuff. I was just thinking that, you know, uh, Joanna, right at the beginning you mentioned, you actually busted the myth, right? That couples should believe and remember that lovemaking does get better over the years despite mm -hmm. the many challenges that may come um, as you overcome the initial clumsiness, the awkwardness of things. It's really wonderful that two of you have surfaced a lot of things. The aligning of expectations between spouses, fine-tuning our perspective that this whole love-making journey, it takes a lifetime and the pressures of enjoying the process, learning and growing together. A lot of things have been mentioned about openness and communication being a key part of it. And it's okay to refer to resources. Do check out Focus on the Family for the resources that can strengthen and help you in this area. And I really mm -hmm. like this point that's been made as well about how we can be intentional, but also be spontaneous at the same time. It seems like it's a dance between these two. And then, mm -hmm. you know, along the way, couples are figuring out what works for them. How would you then advise couples this whole idea of love making begins be even before the bedroom? What are some ideas or maybe some tips that you can give to with regards to this nurturing that love making or sexual intimacy even before stepping into the bedroom? I think for husbands listening in, uh, for the women, the emotional, the atmosphere is key. Not that, hey, let's go have sex, you know, 
it's not just a sex act, bing, bang, boom, yay, I'm happy, you should be happy too, because the wiring of the guy is very different. Remember, just the orgasm, it's over, yay, I'm happy, met my needs. <laughs> Checkbox done uh, for the ladies. Do they desire sexual intimacy? Yes. But how it happens or what happens, I've discovered that it really requires a period of time where the social, emotional, intellectual, all those components come into play when she is ready for any intimacy. When that takes place, when there's calmness in those areas, more often than not, she's very willing and the intimate time that you have is going to be a lot better as well. I usually like to encourage the wives. Uh, we have what we call the three T's of sex talk. The first one is just to really talk about it, uh, including talking about the parts of your body where sometimes, you know, there are places where, you know, a husband might might touch us or start, you know, fondling and we actually don't feel comfortable with it or it doesn't even feel pleasurable. The thing is that if you never say anything, your husband's never going to know. In fact, if, if you try to think that, oh, you're being this really sacrificial giving wife by just like bearing with it, it's not going to help both of you uh, enjoy sexual intimacy. So it is important to really be as candid and honest as possible. And mm. of course, this this only comes about if you know that, you know, you have a safe place in your marriage where you can talk about such things without the other person feeling offended. And one of the things that we encourage couples to do when you talk about sex is to not be so serious about it, to learn to laugh. If you kind of got it wrong, like, it's okay, la. <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> laugh about it and learn together, right? Mm. Yeah, and so that that's important, that the whole talk... Uh, mm. portion of it is important and then the second T is actually touch and this is where usually we tell men you know learn to touch without expecting sex in return not easy <laughs> not easy <laughs> yeah. we actually kind of um, uh, encourage wives to learn some non-sexual touching exercises like back massage yeah or just like being close it's not in order to arouse your husband. But just that closeness, that physical closeness, actually it does something for the wife as well. Yeah, when the wife starts mm. to intentionally you know, engage in this physical touch. And then the mm. last T is actually tease. And this is a game where we really want to not make sex like such a functional thing. Um, it's just because we want to have kids. And then, you know, after the kids, I think we're done. With, we have enough kids. And then there goes the sexual relationship. Um, nor is it one that, you know, it needs to always be a climax. But it's really, you know, it, again, if it's about lovemaking and we have a lifetime to enjoy one another, right? Then we have time to tease each other, not in a demeaning way. Right, but you know, in a in a way that builds the atmosphere such that it becomes a really safe. Because if you can tease one another and still be okay, you know, uh, about each other's nakedness, right? Then really, when it comes to the act of sexual intimacy, there's nothing that is between the two of you that can come between the closeness that you're supposed to experience. It seems like maybe at this point of time, I'm hearing things like the personality of the couple makes a difference. So it helps if the personalities, the persona of the couple, spontaneous, very open, the kind of very communicative, I can tell you. And how can we help couples who maybe see themselves more as the very serious sort? Yeah, by nature, maybe they're more introvert and they're just feeling so awkward to even to talk about some of these things and they don't see themselves as the romantic kind. Would you say that these couples may have a steeper hill to climb and how can we help them to overcome this? It starts with a goal. What is the goal in the relationship? If, if both of us are introverts, 
but we're having a wonderful time in section mercy then there isn't a real issue there but if our goal is really to be i have better section intimacy then it starts we both us okay we both need to do something that improves mm. this whether we we get uh, some good content material to read together to learn together talk to a uh, counselor talk to someone to improve it. but we must have a goal and it's, so we start if do we have a common goal if the goal is yes then what do we need to do to get there so regardless whether your personality regardless whether you're romantic or not ultimately we all need to have a goal so if i am the not the romantic sort my wife is not romantic sort but one is i can't just say oh that's just me you know and just having that attitude like that's just me you just got to accept me sometimes it's quite selfish yeah but at the end of the day it's about us if this will help me in my marriage then i better learn to improve on it okay if i'm not a talker by uh, chance and my wife talks a lot more i can't just say i just don't talk and that's it and blame my personality I attribute personality no ultimately if my goal is to have a healthy thriving marriage i need to put certain things in place to be intentional in improving it well if i'm non communicator which may mean going online searching what things i can talk about doing stuff to that improves myself i think the core principle of marriage you know we always talk about marriage is no longer about me right but it's about we and mm. in that context of we that's where you know, sexual intimacy one of the key goals if not the goal should be to actually out pleasure <laughs> your spouse I mean, if we needed to compete to do something, then how about we compete to be better at pleasuring our spouse than our spouses at pleasuring us? Yeah, then for sure, you know, when that becomes our goal, the focus is taken off me and how I I wish to experience, I don't know, an orgasm or how I wish to, you know, feel as if like I'm the sexiest person in bed. To what can I do to really um have my my husband, you know, feel that you know he's he's really a, like the the luckiest guy on earth right yeah and you know that kind of will translate into our attitudes and the corresponding behaviors because if my attitude mm. is not a me attitude but a we mm. attitude and now even the other person first then it just changes my attitude of what I'm willing to do i mean to be very honest actually whenever we do a personal profile we are always on opposite sides of the spectrum so i think we'll be the last couple to buy the the idea that oh but it's not my personality yeah because mm. you know really if your idea of marriage is the we right then you would do whatever it takes to make the we a really good one i don't think we both came from i mean definitely our family backgrounds wasn't something that would have put us in good state of having a really great you know, sex life and and so we had to make uh, attempts to learn uh read out ourselves ask people who are willing to, to share um and not just to share their exploits but to also share what didn't quite work yeah and i remember one of the things that i did share uh with someone of course i trusted shared earlier that i came into marriage with the concept that sex is painful i couldn't come to a place where it isn't uh, much as like, i was psyched myself up to it's okay you know just bear with it for the sake of my husband but i have to say that at the time when sunny i began to enjoy sex there was no more pain and but you know that also involves some practical things like using lubricants that help right uh some uh, things regards to the relationship when i shared with gary you know then he was also a bit more sensitive to to what would help um to make sure that it was not a painful experience 
Yeah, but you see, again, that involves the talking. Um, then there were certain touches that would help versus not help and would make me, you know, tense up and then it will make it even more painful, right? So I think these are some practical things that we need to also be willing to adopt. Yeah, remember, we don't have ESP. So we can't just, you must know, you should know, you love me, you should know. It doesn't happen that way. And as we grow older, also, I'm sure different things just changes mm-hmm. in our own whole body's system structure. We need to keep communicating and what we desire uh, from each other uh, rather than just assume that this is what, you know, it worked like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago. Uh, it should be the same. We evolve, we change, you know. Our uh, body shifts. Our bodies change. <laughs> communicate keep talking and don't assume wonderful thank you so much joanna and gary for sharing with us your insights and just really opening up yourselves and to share your personal stories and journeys with us indeed marriage shifting of mindsets from me to we really makes a difference in every aspect of our marriage life including parenting as well and today we've been talking about sexual intimacy as something that every couple should get to enjoy. It is an absolute privilege. And we hope that this episode has helped you as a couple to think about this hot and passionate topic and get some ideas as well from our guests on how to spice up your own marriages. Thank you once again, Joanna and Gary, for being with us today. If you want to be informed of the latest resources on marriage and parent-child relationships, do follow us on Facebook at focusonthefamily.sg or on Instagram at thrivingfamilysg. Thank you for tuning in and until next time, have a great time with your family.